Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we cover every song from 7 to Y. Why? Because we don't know why, and it's going to take us five years to do so. But welcome, everybody. We've got Jeff have and David I, and yeah, Mr. Como. Yeah, that was, that was no, that good. was pretty good. That was, that was good. Yeah. That was... I, I mean, I think it really lightened the mood. Well, I, I think so. so, too. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. looking at my face lightens Light the mood. Lighten the mood. You light, up, you light up my life, Stefan. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, speaking of moods, Oh, wait, that's the wrong song. You know, Jeff, Jeff gets me into the mood. That's the wrong Canadian. Right church, wrong pew. <laughs> so, as you can hear, we have Aaron, Stefan, and Jeff back this week. We do. Hello, gentlemen. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hi. <laughs> and joining guy? us, as he reminded me just a few minutes ago, for a second time... We have, from Helicopters episode, David Kincannon. Woo! Thank you for having me. David Welcome back, David It's wonderful Cannon. to have you back. It's wonderful to be back. Welcome back. And tonight we are going to be discussing the song, Light Up My Room. Hydrofield cuts through my neighborhood and Somehow that always just made me feel good I can put a spare bulb in my hand And light up my yard from Al- whoa, whoa. Oh, album, oh. Aaron. You light up my sand, <sighs> This one, this was a tough one. Um, it's an Ed song. That makes it harder to place. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah. think I distinctly hear Stephen <clears throat> doing vocal harmonies, though, so it's safe to say we're on the first half of the discography. Um, my first instinct is this is like bare naked ladies are me or men, but I think it might be a little earlier than that. I don't know. I'm really at a loss here. As far as I'm concerned, this could be like bare naked ladies are me, or it could be born on a pirate ship. Um, it, it's not Gordon. I know that much. I can definitely tell that it's. You notice how he he fishes around when he's. I'm, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. He's, I'm playing, not, he's playing poker. He's waiting for a reaction. I'm just, right. yeah, I'm just like totally, shaving yeah. down the possibilities yeah. in my mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's he's I doing that whole uh, that whole uh, mind reading trick. I wish his answer was a lot shorter. <laughs> it's like the amazing Kreskin of the podcast. You and me both. It's, it's an Ed song, but it doesn't yeah. sound anti-Steve. So we've rolled out. <laughs> yeah, all yeah no, it's time. pretty much. Uh, Listen, I can. <laughs> I can clearly not choose the album in front of you. Yeah. I wish this answer didn't develop properly. I can clearly not choose the album in front of you. Uh, so, okay. No, I'm, I'm going to say Bare Naked Ladies are me, but I, that's just a shot in the dark. I don't. Oh, think right. we have an incorrect answer. Uh, I'm even yeah. giving him hints, like like short answers. And I know. I, I wish his, answer. his answers were deformed. Hey, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, I, hey Aaron, I do all my own. Stunt. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a lot of the stuff that I've heard off Stunt, though. That's the interesting thing. It, this... it is not. It's actually one of those songs that really diverges from the rest of the mm-hmm. album. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that everyone keeps saying this is an Ed song because it's not credited to Ed. The music oh, really? is credited to Ed, but the words are credited to Ed and Steven. Yeah, I think that's what's unique about this one because when you mm. do hear this song, it does lyrically sound like a Steve song. I, I do feel more of a Steve vibe in the lyrics in this one, even though it's Ed singing. 
Interesting. You do, I, know I, I do. Yeah, it's still credited to the person, even if they mentioned a second person's name. I, I would be, I would be interested in knowing which part of the song you think, Jeff, that Ed wrote versus Steve wrote. I definitely think Steve wrote the pre-courses, or I guess what you would say the second lines, like um, uh, late at night when the wires in the walls sing in tune with the din of the falls. I'm conducting it all while I sleep to light this whole town. I think that's a Steve line. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a Steve line. Hmm. Interesting. Do, that could do be you know the answer? Does, does anyone else have any other thoughts on that? Uh oh. I don't know for sure. I'm. I'm just well, conversation. I, not not lyrically, but musically, the the last part of the verse section is one of my favorite parts of the tune because of the uh, the descending bass line down the change in the uh, in the chords and then. It's some of the only minor chords that we hear, so it's really it's it's kind of like a, a standout part of the song for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if if he wrote both the the musical parts and the lyrical <clears throat> parts to the end of the verse, that would make sense. Steve wrote all the minor chords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David, what do you think? Do you have an um, idea? On this? So to me, it feels like um, personally, just I the way I have always kind of seen it is. The verses feel more Ed-like, and then the chorus feels more Stephen-like to me, um, because the chorus I, it ha- has that kind of introspective quality, um, which is something that I that I associate more with Stephen. And then, like, because the verses have these sort of almost metaphorical, almost like a literary kind of vibe to them, like that, it seems like a subdued version of what Ed does. Hmm. And that, that was my thought, too, because I know usually they swap off with verses, chorus, and then one of them does the bridge, but there's no bridge, really, in this song. Right. And and I had that same feeling. I feel the... Me, personally, I think that the chorus sounds very Stephen-like. Um, and it's significantly different than the, the verses in terms of what it's singing about, what it's trying to say. Um, and, I, and I think it'll be interesting... For us to kind of tear that down and, and look at it a little bit um, because the the lyrics for this with the verse and the choruses are I think different why don't we why don't we start with discussing about the lyrics and we'll, we'll get to Aaron in a few minutes with the with the music not that he can't join in with but I know he doesn't like he, lyrics he, <laughs> 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 oh I hate words yeah no, but that does ruin. I had a great little segue transition from my breakdown, so oh, I'll, have to, I'll have, to, have to improvise something else. Oh, no. I, I, I messed you up. I'm sorry, Aaron. Yeah, don't have breakdowns le- on the podcast. That's, At least he brought his not notes. Therapist. Oh, Tracy is, though. <laughs> Bring it he on. Might, he might be able to help you. <laughs> Pile it on. I've been working in the horse stalls all day. I can take more. Yeah. The horse Nay. stalls, huh? I thought you grew up near a hydro field. <laughs> that was Actually, I did. Interestingly enough, <laughs> talking talking about hydro fields, Jeff, you you did some research this week. I did, and I think I I think I've done it before because I've you know been listening to Stun for a long time, and I, I was pretty sure I was curious about that lyric before. Um, but for the show, I did want to double check that, and you know, what is a hydro field? And I'm glad I did because that was kind of interesting. Um, and you know, hydro. Um, in American uh, lingo, would imply water, I think, for most people. But I didn't realize that in Canada, uh, hydro field, hydro can refer to any form of electricity, regardless of how of where it comes from. 
So in this case, a hydrofield would essentially be the uh, power cords, the power structures, the wires that you know cut through uh, a community and maybe up the fields. Like I've always thought that was kind of a, something I was really interested in, unique looking at when the when they cut up the the field, and you can see the, or they cut up the mountains, you can see the cutout trees and everything. Uh, so that's what they're really referring to here in this case. It's kind of like here in America where they're like, uh, you you get an energy truck coming to your house to deliver oil. It's, it's not an energy truck. It's an oil truck. You know, it's like, why, why do you call it an energy truck? Are you like delivering a, a tank full of electricity? What's going on? No, it's not. It's oil. That, that, that has got to be a coastal thing. I've never heard that. Come on. Really? Boy. Do you get out? Here never. comes the energy truck. <laughs> They're delivering Gungan energy balls. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Aaron had to bring it to the balls. Fantastic. I'm really on the ball tonight. <laughs> you know? So the first lyric is like, a, I can put a spare bulb in my hand and light up my yard. So I, I think this is definitely a Tesla reference. Whereas like uh, he's nice, tapping nice. into um, you know the energy in the uh, atmosphere. Did you because... look up song meanings on this, Tracy? Because yes. it does it does reference that. Yeah, apparently there was some reporter or something, or uh, some story about a reporter that went out to one of these hydro fields and lifted up the ball, and they made a reference to that. Yep. Well, if I, I was thinking yeah. of the movie The Prestige, where David Bowie plays Nikola <laughs> Tesla, so I'm yes, definitely on the same page. But the fantas- uh, with, with fantastic movie, by the way. And there yeah. is a scene where he just lifts <laughs> yeah. the bulb, uh, or he lifts the bulb like he like screws it into the ground, and mm-hmm. it just powers on. <laughs> well, and a big a big controversy that was going on in the early '90s and into the late '90s was the fact that, and we're still exploring this, the fact that the electrical fields and the magnetic fields around these hydro fields could actually be potentially dangerous. And Ed picked up on that in a television report and they, they were holding a spare bulb in their hand to show the charge that it can be in the air. Um, And he's like, that's kind of cool. Actually, I want to write a song kind of related to that. They've linked autism to uh, stuff like that as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's messing with you. We're like humans are like look at the matrix. I mean we're we're walking batteries. We are bioelectric systems, yeah. We are, yeah. So I mean of course it's going to mess you know, with you. You know, David, other podcasts just talk about uh, songs. You know, hey, <laughs> hey, we don't do that. We I, don't do I that like here. a wide reach. I think that's a good thing. We have rabbit holes <laughs> rabbit holes in our that's rabbit right. holes. Uh, <laughs> here and here I thought all this time it was just a love song written from the perspective of Uncle Fester. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. All right, oh, oh, nice. Oh, oh, wonderfully. Done. I mean, if we can do a song about Pinocchio's brother, right? Right. We can that's do true. It. <laughs> um. So Ed did have a statement on this, and I would like to kind of dive deeper into this. Um. Ed's statement was: when people are attached to places that are not necessarily good for them, it was kind of inspired by the Love Canal notion of a place that becomes toxic, but for the people who live there, it's home, and they don't want to leave. And then we were thinking about neighborhoods that have power grids running over them, and there is this dispute about all the environmental influence of electricity over you all the time. I'm kind of a science nerd. And Tyler is like, despite the 
the danger that's all around us all the time, we're living in a relatively dangerous place no matter if you think it's safe or not. Love can flourish and life goes on. And that's what this song is about. I think you just ruined well, our interpretation. Until there's there, like a, <laughs> until there's like a uh, uh, kind of a ca- cataclysmic event, like uh, <laughs> you know, dinosaurs aren't here, are they? You know, how many dis- dinosaurs are like, you know, life just goes on. I'm going to buy a house by uh, Hydrofield, and you know, <laughs> I'm going to try to fix things up with my short arms and you know, eat a cow. <laughs> I mean, how many of these people are going to be like? They're dead. Eat a cow? No, the cow is a different song, Stefan. I don't so, think the cows are around. I mean, we'll be covering the cows in a couple weeks. Definitely not domesticated cows. Cow, cows Jurassic cow. Have you ever gone into the woods and seen a wild cow? Stefan, Stefan, I guarantee you, we will have plenty of time to talk about cows in about three weeks. We'll talk about cows yeah. until the cows come home. Oh, oh yeah. So We're going to have so much cow discussion. About? Let's stay away from cows tonight. Yeah, okay. yeah, we'll get we'll get back to cows. I Hold on to it. all. Of we'll it. get back. I to don't cows. get it, but that's fine. I was talking about moving dinosaurs. right dying, along. You know, <laughs> could be tomorrow. This is what happens when I don't have my notes in front of me. And I can't derail the derail. Yeah, Stefan, I have no beef with you, but I think we need to move on past the cow stuff. Really. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> that that was that was wonderful. I'm a dad. Dad jokes are what I do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was pure bullshit. That was just that bullshit was, one of the bovinest I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well nice. played, sir. Well played. <laughs> I am also. I am also. Yeah, you gotta dad. come back on here. This yeah, whole you conversation is bovine defecation, that's for sure. <laughs> so I like the idea that this song is really talking about like the positivity, about how you can be in love or how you can find these what? positive aspects in these really negative places in life. Yeah, I um the verse the second verse where they're talking about the shopping cart in the ravine and the foam on the creep is like popping ice cream, there's a field full of tires, it's always wait, on wait, fire. Wait, it's like that's what? Not love. What are you talking about? There's no the, love the, in the, the shopping the cart in the, the ravine. The foam on the creek is it's like what? Um, I don't know. I got this off of a website, so I don't have the the benefit of the back of a of an album. What 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 are the lyrics, Mister Official? <laughs> so no, that is a hard one to understand if you don't have the lyrics in front of you. The foam of the creek is like vomit ice cream. Vomit ice cream. It, those are the wow, official that's, that's even that's that's, that's even the better. official lyric. Huh. That is the official lyric. I have always thought well, it was pop and ice cream. So like a like a yeah, that's, that's, that's what yeah, I thought. I thought it was, yeah because like we get foams up. Yeah. Vomit wow. ice cream. Wow. Vomit ice cream. I'm double checking it right here. Okay. You just broke. You just broke my brain, Tracy. That would be a. That would be a Steve line. This is staying in because I wanted to point out that Tracy interrupted me. To correct me. If, oh, yeah. If I get this wrong, I look like a fool. With something ridiculous. Vomit ice cream. Vomit ice cream. I mean, look, if, it's, if, it's, if that's the case. Pop, then... No, it says pop and ice cream. Although I've, I have seen places where it says vomit cream. ice cream. I, I was wondering yeah, if maybe well, uh, Birdie Bots had, like, branched out into new like they they they, they went away from from jelly beans and went to ice cream yeah yeah i personally Every like flavor the ice cream though better yeah. because it really gives a, a nice picture so there was the uh, boston birdie bots uh tea party where everybody just took all the vomit well jelly beans and threw them in the creek 
create all <laughs> kinds of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the second verse in particular uh, really, it kind of reminded me of, here's Aaron's uh, deep cut weird reference for the night. Uh, reminded me of Candide by Voltaire, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where like the whole the whole novel is sort of um, deflating the idea of optimism. You know, you had the p- a character of Pangloss who believed that we believe in we live in the best possible of all worlds, and he was so optimistic that basically his philosophy was it was senseless to try to change anything for the better. So uh, that kind of reminded me of that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting how we. I don't know if it's uh, you want to call it nostalgia vision or, or rose tinted glasses or whatever, but we we have a way of uh, looking back at certain things, places, people, events, um, and maybe kind of painting them a slightly nicer shade than they actually are. There yeah. is definitely a rose colored glasses kind of vibe to this, and that's what I like about it. Is I mean, you're stuck. This song is stuck between some really two high energy songs. And this is the song that really kind of brings it down is like that aperitif that like, so we, we started off this album with one week. We then go to it'll, it's all been done. And then this is the like, okay, we're going to take a step back a little bit, but even though it's a slower song, it's still very positive in its message. And I, I really do like how um, <clears throat> they do such a good job of tying in the light uh, um, both in a very literal and a, uh, a poetical sense to bring it back to the chorus, which the chorus does feel to me to be a, a love story, the love story aspect of the song, if that's the case, or even family or friends or whatever. But, um, you know, the electricity, the hydro field is creating light. It's creating, you know, um, physical light. Um, and uh, um, the wires in the walls, which I do, I do love that second part of the first verse. I think that rhyme scheme and everything is just really solid. But that reference, the fire lights his way home. The literal fire from the t- from the burning tires lights his way home. But why, ultimately, what does he want? He wants this person with him to light up the room poetically. And I love that. I love how they tie all that physical uh, imagery back to the the symbolism, which is really really cool. So uh, if he's going to go over and be with somebody and lift that person up over everything to light up the room, do you think that's a sexual reference? I was not going there, but go ahead and follow along with that. How can I follow up with a question I just asked you guys? You guys follow up now. I asked a question. I was thinking more in a romantic sense. I was thinking romantically, yeah. Electrified just being around someone or Mm -hmm. or talking to them. Your presence lights up the room. Maybe it's because his lights are off and, you know, there's static electricity. Have you ever, like, had his lights off and, like, you stick your head underneath his cheeks and it, like, zaps every now and then? It's like where you touch a pet and they're like, you know, you see this little blue spark. It doesn't light up the room, but I mean, uh, just... I don't know, Stefan. Maybe she's just a really devoted, devoted acolyte and he wants her to come over and light the candles. That could be. I was thinking more like an android, like, just... (laughs) Like, she lights up the room that way. Maybe they had a windstorm today and they lost power. Who knows? <laughs> That's all I got. But it, it feels like a nice, sweet song. It does, yeah. yeah. Sounds like an ice cream song. Is that what you just said? <laughs> no, it sounds like a nice... <laughs> a nice, sweet song. A nice, sweet song. Oh. <laughs> I thought you said it was an ice cream song. Like, well, I mean, that is in there. I got that line wrong for a long time. Yeah, vomit ice cream, no less. (laughs) Vomit ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Makes and that didn't and that didn't lower your score thinking it was vomit ice cream. No, because because I think that would change my like, score. He's a bit. rose coloring like the worst possible picture. Wow, like it can't get me. I can you think of anything worse than vomit ice cream? Um, <laughs> last year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty flavored. Twenty twenty ice cream. Send it back. You've got to be an optimist to be able to see the positive and vomit ice cream. <laughs> that is true. Twenty twenty ice cream would either be vomit ice cream or just frozen mud. <laughs> Why don't we discuss some of the the music of this song? Since, so, since Aaron, I think we break it down. Oh, can I do that? Am I allowed to do that? <laughs> That was good. I've been like waiting it. my whole life for that. <laughs> Let the cartoon begin. For at least three weeks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> uh, so Light Up My Room uh, was recorded at 62 beats per minute, more or less exactly, I think. Uh, they must have used a metronome or a click track on this one, which was one of the reasons why I thought this might have come from later in their library, but I was wrong. Uh, written in the key of G major... It's one of those country ballad meets pop rock songs that would later become more emblematic of the band's work in general. Uh, I think it's a good example of that type of tune, and I do like it. The intro is very simple. It's just going back and forth between uh, G and C, which is your tonic and your fourth degree, or subdominant, if you will, back and forth. Uh, arguably, it could be 154, which is basically the verse, but it's less defined. There's less going on. I think the bass might be implying those changes, but it's not really developed yet. The verse, though, as mentioned, very similar to the intro, but it's adding D in as a transition. So instead of 1414, we get 154154. Uh, very standard, very, uh, you know, if you've heard that progression, it sounds familiar to you when you hear it. And apparently uh, half my catalog is I'm finding out. <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> half of rock music in general is like one four five one five four. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, all because we're talking about the tonic and the dominant, and the subdominant, the the first, the fourth, and the fifth degrees, uh, everything is major, right? We're in a major key. We're playing the first, fourth, and fifth, so everything is major until the very end of the verse, where we change it up and have this pretty little turnaround, and you get B flat major to A minor to G. So you have a three two one. It's a nice descending kind of walk down and you get the bass walking down with it which is lovely in my opinion uh it's like i said it's probably my favorite part of the verse the chorus you're going to reverse that so now we're ascending right so we have e minor uh, which is our six to d uh which is our fifth sorry uh, yeah so <laughs> six five six five one so we have uh uh, e minor to D to G, but it's ascending because uh, the D is in first inversion. So now the bass line is walking up, and uh, then it connects back with the same ending as the verse, actually. So B flat, A minor, G, back down, to descending to the tonic. Uh, there is no bridge, interestingly enough, but I kind of... Now I'm kind of glad that we discussed the lyrics first, because when you guys were talking about how you thought maybe uh, Stephen was more responsible for the chorus... Um, we always like to talk about, especially in Stephen songs, where the bridge seems to be where he's kind of coming clean and confessing, and this is how I really feel. Um, we get that almost that transition between the verse and the chorus, right? The verses, I'm, I'm ecstatic and, and everything's beautiful, even though the tires are on fire. 
And then the chorus is like, well, this is because, you know, I'm in love with you. This is the reason I'm feeling this way. Uh, so, yeah, no bridge to speak of. We have our intro, which is like our A section, again, just kind of vamping between the two chords. Our verse one, so you have B, chorus, C, verse two, B, chorus, C, verse three, B. And the outro, which basically just ends on the verse changes. So A, B, C, B, C, B, B. <laughs> it's the structure of the song, more or less. Uh, very, very nice extended uh, outro. Um, my favorite parts of the song are undoubtedly the descending turnaround I talked about, the vocal harmonies, especially on the chorus. There's some mm-hmm. really nice ones. And the Hammond organ sounding keys we hear in the background. I really like the way they complement the jangly kind of country-esque guitar. Mm. Well, and so the other thing that they do, and I wish I would mentioned this back with the lyrics, but... Um, I think we can mention it here with the music, too, is they do something here that they don't do with many of their songs at all. I feel like I've said that a lot in the last couple of weeks, Um, but it's always something different. They're always mixing it up somehow. Is they're repeating that first chorus, I mean, that first verse again Mm -hmm. as their last verse, or at least a piece of it. Um, And and they don't usually do that. That's a very Beatles-esque type thing to do. And they do it here, but that's usually not how they do their music. I concur. <laughs> do you concur, Doctor? What did you guys think musically about the song? So I really like... So one of the things um, that I notice um, is that... When, so they, they do go back and forth between the G and the... Um, the G and the C in the, in the verse. But there is that... There is an F sharp in the bass as like in like the second yeah. part. So you've got like this G slash F sharp chord, um, and I really like that sort of. It's it's not exactly a dissonance because of the way the voices are spread, but that G that G and F sharp against each other, I really like. Yeah, no, totally. It's that uh, that seventh. Yeah, it's a really really close yeah. harmony, and it gives it a lot of flavor. Yeah, for me, one of the big things I liked about the song was the harmonies, like Aaron mentioned. I love the harmonies on the chorus. Uh, very. Uh, very BNL Steve Ed uh, Harms. Um, <clears throat> they do alter them a little bit too throughout the song, which I also liked. It wasn't always the same harm stack between the two of them, and so that was really cool. Um, I love that little uh, interlude after the chorus when there's uh, the the guitar kind of riffs up uh, the electric guitar. There's a volume shift. I think that's probably what Aaron was talking about with the Hammond organ. Some of that that you hear there. I, I that section I really love. Um, I don't know if I've always been sold on this song uh, that it never feels like it actually has a hook. Because um, even though Aaron pointed out that the core, the chorus does structurally change the the um, you know the organization of the chords a bit, it doesn't ever feel like there's a hook to this song to me. And maybe that's just me. No, I uh, think that, that the the acoustic that that Ed is playing in the background feels like more of a skeleton than it does a hook. But it it really is a beautiful piece like when you listen to the bathroom sessions you can really see him and the transitions he's going on and it is really amazing to watch him i thought the music was quite similar uh simple and oh, yeah. uh don't really know what to make of it it's kind of got a weird tone to it where i'm like i'm not sure if i like it nor do i hate it sounds kind of weird to me but uh, i could definitely tell that it was simple that's okay for me. There's no weird uh, gazoos playing. <laughs> um, and uh, no hoops and hollers and wacky stuff going on. There's a pretty straightforward song. And um, I can dig that. 
I was a little surprised when I was looking at like uh, song meanings and uh, um, some other sites and even YouTube uh, when I was looking at the comments, uh, which I, I am is kind of a guilty pleasure for me. Um, a lot of people did list this as their favorite B and L song. Interesting. I saw th- I saw that a lot. Like a lot of people said, this hey. is their favorite B and L song. David's raising his hands, which that I, that I thought was um, you know um, kind of a really uh, unique stance, honestly. Apparently, it and lights up that. more than just their room. There you go. David, is this your favorite um, B&L I song? I don't know that it is my absolute favorite, but it is certainly up there. I think this song has a... a it, is, it is simple. I think it has a beautiful simplicity to it. The way that, you know, that arpeggiated chord plays throughout um, is... I, I really love the way that sounds. I think there's an interesting dynamic here in terms of... The way the lyric, I guess, the way the lyrics line up in terms of verse versus chorus, where you kind of move from this this look at the world around you and how that affects the way that you look at love, and I think that's I think it's really beautiful. I think it's a beautiful way of looking at life. You could argue that it could also be negative in that you're not being realistic with yourself. But ever since I first heard this song when I bought Stunt in the summer of '98. Um, this song has stuck out to me as just such a beautiful piece. I do, I do agree with you, uh, David, a lot on this actually too, because I, I, I kind of feel that as well. That um, there's something to be said about songs and, and a perspective of life, which is, you know, our situation is not great. You know, things are not good. I mean, you could look at last year and say that. Um, not to get too deep, but right. last year sucked for pretty sure. much everybody. It could but, easily get um, worse, Bell. But there were, but there were things. I, at least for me, and I know, and I, and I, I'm always worried about saying this because I know a lot of people had a much worse year, and I, and I get that. And but I know that there were things that made the year better. I mean, my two year old, that was the only life he knew was life in the pandemic. As crappy as it was, we had our little house and our little. Um, you know, we're not, we're not, we don't have a lot of means and a lot of things. And but you know, being able to see him grow in that time was still something. And and I think there's something to be said about that. That you can look around your environment and say, you know, I might not have um, wealth or luxuries, right? And but you know, I know how I feel about you. I know how I feel about my significant sure. other or my kids or my family. And <clears throat> somehow that makes it better, you know, even with the garbage that around us or the uh, the power wires <laughs> or the danger. At least we have life is short, and you know we're happy right. with what we have. Find the beauty where you can. Yeah, it kind of right. kind of reminded me of um, in like American beautiful. American Beauty when the kid is it Ricky says he finds the plastic bag blowing yeah. in the wind to be beautiful. Right. It's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking more life is beautiful, but where you can find <laughs> beauty even in right. even in the concentration camp, you know. Well, it's a bit more of an extreme example, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> if you like. Then the plastic bag. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take the plastic bag, personally. Yeah, but. right. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I just, I love that perspective on life that, like, I'm, it, it's not just ignoring the negatives, but finding a way that the negatives can some way be a boon in your life. They connect, and there's a way that it can actually help your life. You know, the, the the burning tires that are always going up around our house. That just lets me know where in the city I'm going to so I can get my way home to you. You know, it, like it really the, is a song you can see. I'm um, using that line. I think that's like one thing that sticks to me um, like that. You can see yeah. this song. You can see walking. But even using that kind of negative imagery of just 
not even negative, but the burning tires. But there's something that there's a benefit to those burning tires. They light my way home. And they stay yeah. lit for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and the smell is great. For me, but I want to argue with you, Stefan, real quick, because you had said earlier that this is a uh, really simple song, and there's no no extra kind of stuff in the background. And I'm wondering if that might have been the speakers that you were listening through, um, because for me, the speakers I was listening through, I was picking up Kevin throughout this song this week, and he is just adding a whole bunch of little tiny things in the background, not yeah. just that Hammond organ mm-hmm. and the piano. Um, but also like we have the, the, there's like these little sound effects that he adds in throughout moments that give you a, it contextualizes this song and makes it kind of have that like uplifting feel that I think without those pieces are missing. Um, that being said, and we also have a really interesting component that we haven't really talked about, which is the feedback, which goes in and out throughout all of the mm-hmm. song as well. I think what he's trying to say, uh, uh, Stefan, is that he's sorry that all the budget for your better audio equipment <laughs> went to my trailer. So my apologies. No, that's fine. I'm, I'm, my speaker is going through like six layers of an otter box. So it's like... <laughs> on my phone you know it's like i don't even want to tell you where this thing's been if but, uh, people actually do sign up for our patreon and we actually like are pulling even or, or even maybe a little better than pulling even like on on this podcast every year then maybe i will spring for those speakers for you stefan yeah uh, thanks well hashtag you know, speakers for stefan <laughs> I, I should have a GoFundMe page. Join the conversation. Like half, half we do. It's called a Patreon. With, with whining cat requires speakers. Man, we're we're gonna see that thing cat. explode when we finally get your on here. <laughs> oh man. Well, for me, this song really reminded me of when I was a kid. My brother and sister and I used to go sledding in the winter. Hard kid. At this. <laughs> At, my gray hairs disagree with you, but I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, Tracy we used to go gray hairs at eighteen. <laughs> we used to go sledding uh, at this this hill that was basically like the power lines dr- drifted down the hill, so that we had, there was like a clearing around the power lines, and then we could go and find it, and we could always uh, sled down there. So yeah, I got a very strong like visual sense from this. I would agree with Tracy that, uh, or, or with Jeff and Tracy, that uh, you can really see the song. Like where we're at, I mean, we're based out of Maine. You know, most of us are here in Maine, so there's there's a lot of guns per capita up here. So it's like uh, when we hear about power lines and uh, the clearings, that that's prime hunting area for us, you know. So it's like that's all I think of is my dad going and sitting on the power line trying to shoot something, you know. Did you, did you say sitting on a power line? Well, that's what they call it. They go and they sit on the power line. Oh, oh okay. Just, uh, the, they don't literally climb up there. Okay. I'm, you sit you know? on the hydro field <laughs> in order to, to be able to catch them as they come out in the I just, had a, I just had a vision of Stefan's dad like sitting on a power line with like like birds on either side of him going, we're going to get that book today. <laughs> it's like that one Pixar short. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why the, the power line goes down. And, yeah. <laughs> The birds are like tapping on his fingers. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
So well, I, I had two more notes. I'm pulling us away before this gets really bad. Because oh, I yeah. see this is going down a dark path quickly. Hey, I'm doing all right. Um, I have two more notes about the music. One, I want to give a shout out to Susan Rogers. Um, because she actually suggested making this song more soulful. And I think that it works. I think pulling it away from that, I, I'm guessing before it was more country feel and giving a little bit more of that soulful type feel, I think works for this song. Which is weird because wasn't it her that on a previous song like three weeks ago said make it more country? Yep. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> With Leave. With Leave, she's like, make that more country. Yeah, make, make that more, more country, right. <laughs> But I have to agree with her on her choices. Like I'm like, yeah, that that totally works. <laughs> but the other thing I wanted to bring up was the drums. No one's no one's mentioned the drums, but Tyler is doing some really yeah. interesting stuff in mm-hmm. the background that gives texture to yeah. the song. Yeah, it is it is a solid band piece. I think when you listen to this the first time, at least I mean, I'm, maybe I'm guilty of this, is I heard a lot of the Steve Ed show, which is what BNL was at that point during Stunt. It was it was pretty heavily the Steve Ed show. Um, we mentioned Kevin is doing a lot of really great stuff, like the the Hammond organ pieces, the bits that are going on, especially um, during the the instrumental breaks and everything. But yeah, Tyler's uh, Tyler's percussion on this is really solid. It is a band piece. Um, you can actually just, hear it really you really well have at to, the end when all the rest yeah of the right when you're doing in the outro. Yeah, yeah, during the outro. Um, it is it is definitely a, a full band piece. It is a, it is a good it gives a good perspective on what the guys can do together. Even on a very subdued song. Well, and, and speaking of how it was the, the Ed and Steve show, like, once Steven left, this song changed. It, weirdly enough, it changed immeasurably because um, then they did it again for uh, Red Rocks Live, uh, their, their live album, and it is not the same song. Words, same. The actual chords are the same, but they switch it up, and I don't know what what their reasons or thoughts were on doing this. And I'm not disagreeing with them, but it's very different. Um, where Kevin is playing the guitar part, the acoustic guitar part, but he's playing it on the keys, and it's a very mm-hmm. different take. And it, it, I don't know how to describe this completely different feel that it gives to the song. How many times have they played this live? Seems like it would be a, quite a popular song to play in a concert. Because, uh, I mean, if Ed's singing, he can easily step in and cover the lyrics easily mm-hmm. on this one, I think, and sound relatively the same. It's been played 213 wow. times in concert. Yeah, I, I said it was going to be popular. Yeah. So it, it was pretty popular. And, you know, since it was on one of their major albums, that doesn't surprise me. But it's uh, number 19 out of all their songs. Wow. Wow. It's impressive. What's number one? It's one that they play quite often. Uh, Number one is, of course, If I Had a Million Dollars, which they play at every concert. And number two is One Week? And no, number two is Brian Wilson, interestingly enough. Oh, okay. Excellent Followed Followed directly (laughs) behind by One Week, yes. Yeah. (laughs) See? Gordon. My guess is that it would be higher if album. One Week didn't come out like eight years later. Right. Yeah, they, they still play this reg- regularly in concert. <laughs> like, tons in 2019, tons in 2018, like, almost every concert in 2018. Wow. Well, I gotta fill their set with something. Has Steven, has Steven played it in the live set? I mean, I mean, they should start bringing in some snack time songs into their concerts, you know, just liven it up. Uh, sorry, it's gonna take me a minute. 
Continue oh, on. You don't, you don't have to. Okay. Dave, you're not saying anything. You need to contribute. <laughs> Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island discuss. <laughs> Duran Duran was neither a Duran nor, Duran. nor a Duran discuss. <laughs> no, but they were hungry. Like a wolf? Like, like a wolf. wolf. <laughs> it doesn't never... say that he has, but I'm, I have heard that he has played every single cover, I mean, every single song from uh, B&L um, on his Live From Home show, shows, so my guess would be yes, indeed, he has. I, I don't know if Steven has covered this in the Live From Home shows. I can't find that for sure. Um, I wish Allie could, could... Allie, you can write into us. You know this. You, you go to the concerts every week. You can tell us for sure. Go ahead and send us an email. Um, but I do know that there was one band that did cover this song, and it was Cornbread Red on their on their album where they did all the different songs with a bluegrass touch, and they did this one with bluegrass. Um, doesn't sound significantly different, but it's it's interesting. I'll put a little piece of it in right here. There are luxuries we can't afford, but in our house we never get bored. We can dance to the radio station that plays in our teeth. So Jeff, what are we yep. what are we ranking tonight? There's only one possibility for tonight. Light bulbs? Festers? And it has Huh? Vomit no. ice creams. It has to be vomit <laughs> ice creams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I knew what was coming. The, the, you you had to known. know that was coming. <laughs> yes, this is on known. the scale of zero to five vomit ice cream cones. Is this like golf then, where the fewer vomit ice cream cones? Wondering the same thing. Yeah, usually, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going first? Uh, David. Okay, so as I've already said, this is absolutely one of my favorite BNL songs. Um, So I mean, it gets it gets a pretty high rating. Uh, I would have to go four and a half vomit ice creams. Four and a half. Uh, Aaron. It's a really, really nice song. I think it's really well done. I'm not sure it's in my favorite. I was really kind of uh, soul-searching as to whether or not it would be up in the fours because that means it would be on my personal playlist or whatever. I think it's just bumping up against that, so I'm going to give it a, an enthusiastic 3.9 Vomit Ice Cream Cones out of 5. I will follow that, Aaron, because <clears throat> I'm right there with you. I should have gone first. Um I, I was in the same boat. I was like, there's part of me that wants to put it into the fours because there's a lot I like about this song. I like the, the the imagery of it. I like the fact that, you know, you can see this song so well. It does cover a topic I like, which is that you can be happy um, during, you know, um, during dark times or when things aren't aren't great. Um, musically, I just can't quite get it to the fours. So I, I actually have this at a 3.8, a very enthusiastic 3.8, I might add. I do enjoy this song. I don't know if I'd be it'd be on a regular playlist for me though. Uh, Stefan, sorry. For, I, I no, don't know. Sorry, boy, you're you're like you're doing well tonight, Jeff. Yeah, hey, you know what? I'll just leave it I at a, that. I had a busy weekend. Well, excuses. Stop being such a sissy. You're a man, right? Suck it up. Stop doing all these extracurricular junk things. Stefan, how did you rank the song? <laughs> well, it's a simple song. Um, I started listening to it and I started falling asleep. Um, I didn't. 
I had to read. I had to read. The Poor lyrics. David. He's like, no, this is my favorite song fine. ever. <laughs> uh, I had to read the lyrics in order for them to really mean something for me. Even then, I'm like, I, I don't know what the hell Hydrofield is. So I had to look it up. Then I'm like, well, you know, that really downplays the meaning of this song or the importance of it quite a bit to me. But uh, I, I think it's average and above average. And uh, the music is quite simple. Lyrics are quite simple. But uh, would I put it on a playlist? No. I find it too boring. So for me, it's um, it's going to be a three. A three. Which okay. is actually not that bad. <laughs> Because you know, it, no, we've talked about that. Three yeah. is good. It's a, it's above average. You guys say that they're yeah. like playing instruments well and the lyrics are good, so I'll take that as a, you know. <laughs> David, you should see there. the looks every week. By the way, when we have a guest on, and I tell them that my favorite B and O album is every is maybe you should drive. Every, <laughs> so, I'm like, oh, oh, that look right there says it all. <laughs> uh, Tracy, <laughs> so um. So this is on one of my favorite BNL albums, and I think that it, it gets a bit of a bump, or at least in, in years past, it has gotten a bit of a bump um, for that exact reason. It's stuck between two songs that I absolutely love, um, and I think it's perfect right where it is in this album. It gives me that nice little down when I've just been coming off some, some really great pumped-up music. And I'm wanting to hear something that's a little bit more meaningful. Um, and I feel like that's what this song gives me, is that little bit more meaningful moment to kind of pause and think and still feel positive. And I love that it does that. Do I listen to it every single time? I Every time it comes on, I do. Do I seek it out? No. But every single time this comes on, I sing with it, with the wrong lyrics, obviously. <laughs> And <laughs> I sing with it every single time. And I, I actually really enjoy this song um, and, and the sentiment that it brings. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a 3.75. I am the outlier. <laughs> well, I think no. Stefan evened you out because 3.79 yeah. is our average, so... <laughs> yeah, I perfect. think the, I think the 3.9, yeah. 3.7 group is still like sure, we no, like yeah, the yeah. song, no, you know. Yeah. It's really oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mo, it is still stronger than most songs on the yeah, radio. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, easily. <laughs> so um, I do have the appearance for this week. Um, the appearance this week is randomly rolling through here, um, <laughs> and there it goes. I had it, but I. I I lost my papers. If you week. blink, you're going to miss the appearance this week, people. That's all we're going to say. Why? Why are you doing this to me? Who? Me? Am I the only one that you, that you do this to? Am I, mean, I the <laughs> only one who loves me? Oh, I thought you were going Melissa Etheridge. No, no. <laughs> do you think? Walk across the fire. Oh, only you, Aaron, would come up with that. I, I didn't think that was that deep a cut, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, I didn't think that was a deep cut. Uh, no, only only you, Jeff, would make those cuts on me that you do, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Not just me. I refuse to be your lilac girl. <sighs> oh! <laughs> oh! That was, that was cheap. That hey, was cheap. That was only you was the that... other title for it at first. Oh! <sighs> 
Well, that was a cheap one. Gonna have to start calling you Stretch Armstrong, Tracy. <laughs> hey, you fit Lilac Girl into a comment. <laughs> I have the hard work of doing that every week. <laughs> yes, you do. Well, everyone's um, comparing. We do have. We do have. Was that one scripted? What? Was that one scripted? No. Or are you just. Okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate that that was off the top of your dome. Good. That was really good, yeah. I was going to say, everyone's <laughs> comparing Bitcoin to tulip mania, so maybe you could have gone with that route. <laughs> <laughs> Lilac, tulip, uh, that's even more of a stretch, I think. <laughs> I mean, we're both, at least we're in the uh, agricultural world. Well, uh, speaking of agriculture, I'm going to bring us back to our back to our appearance. Um, once again, we discussed a couple weeks ago how Ed worked with uh, Donovan Woods, on his song Man Made Lake. He also helped to co-write and make the song God Forbid um, during the pandemic. And so that is our our uh, appearance for this week for people to go out and listen to. And I highly recommend it. It's a beautiful song. Wow. Stefan, you were asking earlier how people can, can reach out to us. Well, people can reach out to us on BareNakedABCs at gmail.com or they can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. Twitter is where Jeff will get back to you and not me. I, I'm not going to get back to you. I'm horrible at Twitter. The whole the whole point of Twitter is just gone on me. Like the idea that you're supposed to write it immediately and, and have, be, be spontaneous. That I, as you Me tell, who has no life, however. <laughs> boom. I'm right there. But more importantly, David, where can people find more of you? Um, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is DWKII. Um, I do not podcast anymore. I used to podcast. Um, there is there is still a show out there called Everlasting Minute, which was a minute-by-minute breakdown of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the 1971 original. Um, and the then I... Doing. There, exactly. The, that's where we stopped because there was no point in going on. Um, also, I am a sort of adjunct member of the soon-to-be-named network, a podcast network. Um, I'm sort of the in-house composer for jingles and stuff. Um, so that can be found at soon-to-be-namednetwork.com or STBN Network on Twitter. So wait, wait, wait. I, have you named it or you, you just haven't no, named th- it? No, that, that is the name of the network, is the soon-to-be-named network. <laughs> okay. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, that's like a who's on first thing that can. Just yeah, that, go that's on uh, that. That was my uh, my friend Joe's uh, brainchild way back um, a few years ago. So, and then if he changes it, he said, "I told you all this exactly. time." Exactly. We got around to it. Yeah. So yeah, so you can check us out there. Um, I do. I've done jingles. We've got we've got a bunch of we've got a few wrestling podcasts, comic book podcasts. Um, we've got political podcasts. Uh, we, we, there's a podcast d- devoted to Marvel Puzzle Quest, so you can check that out again. Soon to be named Network dot com. Oh yeah, there it is. Excellent. And he's a Denver Nuggets fan, by the way. I am a Denver Nuggets <laughs> fan. That is right. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us, David. It was wonderful to have you once again. Thanks. It was David. wonderful being on. I, I appreciate you guys having me back. This yeah, was a lot of fun. To, good to talk to you, David. And uh, join us next week as we discuss a very very deep cut. Lilac girl. Be there or be a lilac. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what that means, but I mean it really hard. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Except maybe.